0: Well, brothers and sisters, welcome to another Friday. Uh, how wonderful. It is beautiful outside and uh, the weekend, uh, while it may look a little bit rainy around this area, I am still grateful because, you know what, the uh, the light, we are going to reach the solstice this coming um, Sunday, and I just love all this light, and it saddens me that we're going to be on the downswing beginning Monday, but you know what it's still really light and we're digging that and so hope you are well and uh, filled with God's goodness and blessing this day and uh, so uh, I basically I'm I'm gonna be found out to be a liar uh, with our podcast today and the reason for that is I have been talking for the last week and a half how, probably the rest of the month is when we'll be going through the Sermon on the Mount uh, because it is so wonderful and so rich and that every day, uh, you know, it can be filled up with these three chapters. Well, so today we're taking a step away from chapters uh, 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. We're going to jump to chapter 11 because today is a feast day and uh, as is tomorrow. And so, um, We won't be hearing from uh, the Sermon on the Mount today, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So for those uh, who wish to follow at home, though, our gospel today is Matthew 11, chapter, or excuse me, chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. So Matthew 11, 25 to 30, a very famous, uh, particularly the end of it, very famous uh, passage in scripture. So let's listen to the word of God today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, today is the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In fact, the month of June is the month of the Sacred Heart. Uh, And tomorrow is the feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now, these are very Catholic feasts. Um, If you go up to one of our Protestant brothers and say, hey, Happy Feast of the the Sacred Heart of Jesus, they'd be like, what? Not quite sure what you're talking about, but I might have to take you into the hospital. Um, This is a feast that dates back uh, its origin sometime in the 11th century, so about a 1,000 years uh, it has been um, celebrated, but was not officially a feast. The first time it was celebrated liturgically as a feast, was about 350 years ago. First time it was uh, officially put on the calendar was about 150 years ago. So again, the Catholic Church moves slowly. That's kind of, you know, our blessing and our curse. Uh, but this feast has some deep and serious roots um, uh, with it. And, and you may uh, note... Uh, I, I'm sure you have seen statues of this or seen images of the Sacred Heart. And what it is, is it's the, the heart of Jesus. Oftentimes, you, you may see him pulling his chest open or even pointing, have a finger pointing to it. And it is a heart that has a wound by the uh, spear, um, indicating the, uh, the spear that pierced his side. Uh, during the crucifixion, it has a ring a, a crown of thorns around it, and often a cross right up on top, um, uh, again, indicating the passion that he uh, he endured for us uh, in the cross and the crown of thorns and and pierced uh, for our offenses. And uh, has a, a, a fire up on top. Again, that burning image. Uh, and what it symbolizes, brothers and sisters, is that idea of the unending mercy, and I use that term, you know, pointedly, the unending mercy and compassion of God. You know, as, as a child, perhaps, even as a society, we can look at that as somewhat macabre and say, here's a guy whose chest is exposed and he's pointing to his heart. Again, I know I, I quoted, forgive me, this is twice in a row now, The Last Temptation of Christ that I, I quoted this week. But there's a scene in it where you see Willem Dafoe literally take his heart out of his chest and, and show it forth. And and of course that didn't happen in, in reality, but it's, it's the movie director's way of showing, look at my heart, this is who I am. That, that Jesus wants us to see the burning heart of Christ, um, that, that image that there is no end to which he will not go to show his love for you and for I, symbolized in that there's no sword that will stop him, uh, there's no crown of thorns, there's no cross, none of that. Uh, and that burning fire that image that, that he burns for us in his mercy. And that goes with the gospel, of course, today, which is, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. I mean, this, this shows what his heart looks like. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. I remember Deacon Pat one time giving a a homily. It was very pointed. It was early in my time here, so a long time ago. But I loved it because he told me what I didn't know, which is, you know, uh, for a yoke of oxen, when they they have a yoke— they don't just take one you know, off the shelf and put two oxen on it, but it is made specifically with the contours of those oxen so that they can be doing their work, but it doesn't burden them. It is made specifically to fit their being, their gifts, who they are. Uh, and that's, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, take my yoke. I mean, there is a yoke in being a Christian. Let's not Let's not deny that. Take my yoke upon you. You know, yes, we're labor and burden, but at least if we're going to be labor and burden, let's be labor and burdened with the correct things, which is the yoke of Christ, which is form-fitted for you and I. Take it upon ourselves, for he is gentle. Uh, You know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden light. And this whole idea or earlier in the gospel, the first paragraph, you know, I give you praise, Father, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you revealed them to the little ones. Again, this is just um, a humbling, humbling gospel, meaning it invites us to be humbled. Uh, and then he says, yes, Father, such is your gracious will, no one knows the, Father, the Son except the Father, no one knows the Father except the Son. Uh, that image of family, and I think, again, what this speaks to me um, is that image that uh, we are called, brothers and sisters, to be little ones. I I go back to that image of St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, and her uh, constantly in her autobiography, The Story of a Soul, talking about her littleness, her littleness, and as a little flower, she's not like a big flower that, that can be ordained at an altar or someone goes and, and picks and, uh, and uh, shows to other people and says, look at this beautiful flower, but she is among the wildflowers of the field, that their sole purpose is, as someone goes through the field, to provide beauty to them for that fleeting moment and scent, but then to be forgotten. Um, And brothers and sisters, we live in a culture that doesn't invite or ask us to be little, but the exact opposite, Uh, that we are called to um, make ourselves grandiose and large, because that is how we gain reputation or standing within a community or within the eyes of other people. And I don't remember where I heard this. It was recently, I think it was in my daily meditation book that I read. But um, it was saying, brothers and sisters, that the object of the world is to, to gain and to accumulate. But the object, brothers and sisters, of spirituality is to let go. Is to let go of our things, our possessions. Uh, to let go of those things that I want to garner about myself that are not needed, because really all I am is a child of God. And, and and Jesus goes on to express that. No one knows the father except the son or the daughter. No one knows God except in our being small and realizing we are not the father, we are not God, uh, but we are part of the family, and that's enough for us. You know, that image of the burning heart reminds me, of course, of that image uh, of Pentecost, which, by the way, um, uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus uh, changes. It's not always June 19th, by the way. It is 19 days after Pentecost. It's the Friday after the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, always. And so every year that day changes. Today, it just happens to fall on June 19th. But it reminds me of that uh, image of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came down and, and fire, uh, pillars of fire, and those flames came atop the head of each of the apostles. They became inflamed. And and just as, as our God points to his heart, which is inflamed for us, um, may we become, uh, may we catch that fire, I guess. May we become inflamed by the Holy Spirit in the same way, not only for our God, but that we may point to our heart um, uh, to say this is, this is the journey uh, because our heart imitates that of the sacred heart of Jesus, and there's no end that we too would go in our burdens, in our yokes, um, to carry the cross for others so that they may know of, of our love too. I mean, we imitate. That's, that's what we do. That's, that's what a child does, right, of a parent. We imitate. Um, and that's good. That's, that's what I want. I, I know that's what you want. Let's be imitators of our great father, great mother, uh, our great God, um, and, and people who let go of our agendas and hopes and visions for ourself so we can replace it with the burning one, the yoke that our God invites us to carry. Let's pray. So today we finish up the joyful mysteries, the, uh, the fifth joyful mystery, which, by the way, is, of course, the finding G- of Jesus in the temple when he is 12 years old after uh, losing him for three days. So no one asked me, but if this were me, I would not be putting this in the joyful mysteries. I would be putting this in the irate mysteries of the rosary, or the exasperated mysteries of the rosary, or the just-you-wait-till-we-get-home-behind-closed-doors mysteries of the rosary, or perhaps even the, my goodness, I hope God wasn't looking these last three days when I lost his son mysteries of the rosary, but because none of those mysteries of the rosary have been created yet, I think they just said, well... We got an opening over here in the joyful, let's just put it there. And maybe it was joyful when they found, but (laughs) as a parent, let me tell you, I don't think that would have been my primary emotion at that point. But uh, let's pray anyway, (laughs) this joyful mystery. Uh, Let's take a moment of silence as we come up with an intention for which to pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, thank you for um, being present today and praying along with us. God bless you this weekend, not only today on the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, tomorrow on the Immaculate Heart, Sunday when we get back to ordinary time during our liturgies. Bless you, and I look forward to us being back together on Monday. God bless you.